in another potent piece of political facsimile, the Republican Party in Arizona is now running an election audit looking for bamboo-laced China ballots. Apparently, they stopped by the local Panda Express and ordered a fucking orange chicken. Well, if you wanted honesty, you have come to the wrong place. This is the disorganized and on the verge of combustion disinformed podcast. I'm Shane. I'm John. I'm Michael. I'm Courtney. And it's going to be very interesting for uh, us to have because I'm going to I'm monitoring Michael to make sure that, you know, we still have decent sound. But it's not hearing you all in my headphones is going to be an interesting dynamic this week. Ooh. Yeah, I think I think I'll rock the, the it's one not a, yeah, It's not on, a bad idea just off. for the sake of making sure that, you know, we're all on mic, which is handy. I... But we're in the same room together ah! for the first time as a, uh, you know, a a, a, a quadrangle, uh, a a qu- you know, a quintuplet. Weird. Uh, quadrangle. A, <laughs> I've never heard this podcast not through headphones. Yeah. Yeah. Ever. Um, I'm going to, uh, it's really weird because I've taken this for granted for being able to like be in an actual room mm-hmm. with all of you and, and talk. Um, and before the Karens that listen to this get upset, we're all fully vaccinated or ah. at least, right? Michael yeah. claimed yeah. he was. Well, so you can fuck right off with that bullshit. It's okay. Michael is actually getting a hot beef injection from me later on. That'll, oh, yeah. that'll cure anything that ails him. That's vax enough. <laughs> hot vax on my back. Ooh, me. Mm. <laughs> Anywho, but yeah, this is a weird experience because it's been, uh, Courtney has never experienced this, and uh, this is how we started, but we were far less professional initially. We were in this exact <laughs> same room, you know, nearly a yeah, year and a half ago, almost two years. Yeah. And there was just a microphone set up in the middle of the three of us, and if you've heard episode one, you can hear the hallmarks <laughs> and of And two and three. That <laughs> were our sound at that time, but uh, yeah, dramatically different. Not only that, but... Back when we came to this, it's my my house this mm. time. Um, house? This room, my house, runs house. Um, this room looked drastically different because we used to treat this office as a war room, as Becky would call it, and literally <laughs> it was like the place where you just threw your shit if you didn't know where else to put it. Right. Uh, it was the junk drawer of a room, and now it's my favorite room in the whole house. So I appreciate um, Courtney and Michael uh, responding to the SOS or the random like <laughs> we should just record. All, all together today because Shane had been over here and we were working on some shit and um, had to convince Michael with a beer because he was trying to puss out last second or not even last last second like I didn't just bring it on you <laughs> last 30 minutes I'm like yeah. oh you know if I leave now I can get here right at six right when we record but um yeah Michael made an informed decision <laughs> and, and John's chastising him yeah, I was going to say that's going to happen a lot because I'm going to need a few of these Shane Weisers before we get done with this evening. <laughs> I, I pre-opened mine before recording just oh, because. Oh, I see. We're not the, professional, the fucking pop. Yeah, just because we're all uh, on our own you individual pour it mics. next to the mic so everyone can hear the fizzle and the pour. Tiny buttholes. Yeah, that's some ASMR <laughs> shit that In actually is. Uh... I don't think you're supposed to say that anymore. <sighs> Big old milk. I will not be canceled for ASMR. Duds for you. <laughs> Um, this is the most weirdly normal that I've felt in a long time because last night we played and Michael and Courtney were there uh-huh. and it felt like a, a vaccination party is what I was <laughs> describing it as because at a certain point we looked around and I was like, I know all of these people and I know like I've, I've been in contact with them 
And yeah. I know that at least, like, I think your mom is, what, first dose in, right? Yes. She like, just got it, if not, uh, I think, like, seven or eight. If ago. not fully, more so than not. And it was like, man, we're getting so close. Uh-huh. It was nice. It was a fun gig, too. Yeah, it was a it was a great night. Uh, really wonderful to get back into rotation because we've all mentioned that is kind of our free therapy. Uh, I mean, it has costs for holding company, but yeah. uh, you know, it's uh, it's fun to be around one another and play music. So, you know, it was strange, and you and I talked about this earlier today. Is that when Shane and I were coordinating for today, uh, like we were planning on doing the music stuff and. Uh, I was like, yeah, you know, I'll probably be in bed by like 3.30, so it should set us up for you to come at 3.30 p.m. You know, I should be able to get my shit together by then. I left the venue at like 12.30, went to Wendy's, for my first super late night dinner in a good long while. So the um, worst habits, like when you're on the road, you really just treat your body like an absolute dumpster. Uh, you just put the worst food, you don't sleep well, you're constantly like... Not moving at all, being, you know, completely lethargic, and then you have to force energy yeah. and excitement and try to work and then go back to being sedentary. Yeah, I ordered a 10-piece nugget, a spicy chicken sandwich, and two large fries. Ooh, and, oh, my uh, God. And I got home, and I just wrecked my body. Um, <laughs> and then at this point, and I opened a beer when I got home, too. And I was like, all right, cool. So it's going to be like 3.30. I played a little bit of a game, watched a little YouTube video, and then I looked down, my beer's finished, and I am exhausted. I was like, oh, it has to be close to 3. And and it's 145 and i was like okay mm-hmm. time to go to bed at a normal time ish sated for the first time in a long time yes i was like wow i'm actually spent like you know what it feels everything like in me is good spent. Fuck. yes yep. <laughs> it wasn't the whole trojan army it was just a little old live music <laughs> yes it happens i did the same thing which is funny i i did the inverse of i'm gonna stop treating my body like i'm dying you know tomorrow So I didn't eat anything when I got home. I drank probably three quarters of a Waterloo and then crawled into bed and just fell asleep Uh, after a shower, mind you, because yeah, got to get the joy off of me. Do we all do you all who showers before bed here? Uh, I'm a definite. I can't bring dude. You've seen how much I sweat in a day. If I got in a bed like that, my it would be putrid two days later. Like I, it's terrifying. Maybe it's maybe Becky fun. and I are just actually no. Becky showers before bed. I I mean I just feel like I'm a strange one. I don't shower before bed. I shower See, once a day. The whole day's exertions are with you crawling into the place where you are going to spend over half of your life. Uh, you know, like I I can't even like have sex. And then go to sleep. I have to get up, shower, Wash and return the to the sheets that I was just on so that I can sleep in them comfortably. Because, yeah, okay. it's free perspirer over here. It's not good for anybody. Michael, you said you don't? No, I'm just used to wow, wow, wow. Wow, I'm used wow, to being in my wow, own wow. filth. Did you go to Queen Queek? I'm used to wallowing in my own filth. So um, I, I, I bathe in the morning. Courtney. <laughs> Mine's very schedule based. Like if I didn't do anything all day then and why? like yeah. and I had like showered like the night before, like I'm good. But if we're like out doing a bunch of stuff, then like especially like being at like bars or restaurants, I'm like, I have to get this off of me. Okay. I yeah, it's Maybe... it's also important to say I need to get like the cream cheese from between my my testicles. Uh, just chunk that off. Oh, first you had my curiosity. <laughs> now you I'll have give you my some from under right attention. now if you want it. Uh, I'll scoop some out for you. You can get some on a cracker. 
By that, I just feel I mean like Michael. if I showered before bed, I wouldn't be able to sleep because I've associated showering with waking up. See, Same. showering yep. relaxes me, ah. which is the like the the you know you get the the massage setting on the shower head right in your butthole. And, yeah. Oh man, I it's the OG just, bidet. Mm. That is actually how I clean myself if I need to. I know. I just uh, detach. <laughs> You've seen it. I set it on the throbbing massage setting and just let it bullet my rectum. It's really great. And then you just come buckets. Yep. <laughs> and then he has to wash that off. It's a perpetuating cycle. He never yeah. leaves the bathroom. <laughs> you know the scene like in It where they find troll. Stanley? <laughs> <laughs> They're gonna find you just dead in a pool of your own cum. <laughs> That's how it's just always one to down in the bathtub. Uh, he uh, went out of the world the way he came in. <laughs> my mother is a saint. She wouldn't have let me touch my dick. <laughs> I can see, like, was it a when they check you, your your tummy out when you're pregnant? Is it ultrasound? Ultrasound, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she had to get me with quartet she had to give you ultrasound they show the ultrasound it's just shane beating his little tiny meat inside the womb do you know they have there's images of that like that is a real yeah. thing that infants it's, do it's, and it it's was shane's absolutely ultrasound. shane i'm not sh- yeah it wouldn't shock me that's why i swallowed the amnio on the way out i was like oh, God. <laughs> he had like the cord around his neck he's like oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> don't don't butterfly affect me. That's too dark. I'm not ready. Uh, yeah, no, I'm I'm not in for choking. It's not. It's fine. I tried it once, and that's all he needed. Yeah, that was it. He I do put a rubber world. band around my testicles. So well, that's trying to get the, in a different way. I want to get the the dogs in the bathtub. So get those dogs out of the bathtub. <laughs> <laughs> so uh we need to hit the dismount on a couple things before Uh-oh. we dive into our now three hour long episode yes. that we're going to be recording because we've got to decompress so uh we had a different perspective for the show i imagine than the two folks sitting with us yeah so uh, always what, what how did y'all feel how is it for because i mean i'm sure you've both been out tons and tons socializing <laughs> after the plague yeah, yes, of course. I I go to live music every time, every night. Every uh, every time, every night. The yes, Michael Clark exactly, story. Yes. No, no. Never just, stop every time, every nighting. That's actually how I sleep. I I go to a live music venue and I fall asleep I've and then, fucking seen it. <laughs> and then they wake me up a couple hours later cuz I tuck myself into a corner and they're like, "Hey, man, you got to go. The the party's over." I'm like, "Oh, okay." And then I go They to the mistake next one. you for a bum and they ask you to leave. Uh, which National Geographic uh, documentary did you fall asleep watching at last night's uh, festivities? Um, I actually Did you fall asleep got last my night? Sleep. No. No, no, I got you, my you, sleep on for the show prior to yours. I don't know what you're offering me, but I I don't need any. He did the same thing to me when we were recording in person, and it, like you saw, you particularly asked like. Why? Why do you look so weird? It's like it's like he's trying to hand me lubricant, and I'm I don't trust I just, you. Really this like is supposed to be lotion. for the after dark. Yeah. They can't see what's going on now. I'm glad it's the trailer. But, uh, but no, the the show was great. It was it was nice to hear you guys again. Uh, actually in person. Um, and it was just really nice for me and Destiny to hear you guys. It was great. It was a precursor to how things will turn out when we go see you guys this weekend in Clarkdale. I'm going to need you to oh. act like your neck is oh, broken oh God. and just stare straight <laughs> forward. Oh. Did you, did you pick up around. any of that? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. it, you know, it, it oh, it's going to be like out, so. talking and then see, Courtney's, really Courtney's doing the right thing. And for the listener, Courtney is sitting comfortably 
and she has moved her mic or moved herself to be in front of the mic so that she can look at us All right, let me, when let me she chooses some boom, to. Some boom but also, movements. whenever she talks, she's talking right into the mic. Here, and you can edit this. that out if you want. Or you <laughs> no, can keep no, it. no, no, I don't, I'm, I'm too lazy tip. for this shit. Um, <laughs> yeah, you need to just eat that like I'm just going to actually dick. hold the yes, mic right like there. how some people do. Uh-huh. Joe Rogan um, it, man. Yeah, just yeah, yeah, yeah. Just nudge hold it, it up every time and then you like, Oh, you mean mm-hmm. tell children not to get the vaccine? Well, uh, here, I understand because he wants to eliminate people from the world like I do. And so I, I don't disagree with him there. But no, I, that was pretty shitty. The second I heard that, I was like, what the fuck, man? Look, are you trying to lose me? Are you trying to? Like, I was yeah, almost in and I, you, you lost me. I'm not. I, I have stopped being a Rogan apologist. I'm not sure I was ever really a card carrying member of the camp. But not completely. But you were you were of. You were approaching an advocate, but you weren't a fan. You know, it's like, like you, you know, were, I, uh, I've been exposed to a lot of things I don't think I would have found otherwise, and he's a charismatic guy, he's intelligent, normally pretty articulate, and I, I find him entertaining. But yeah, when you start espousing stuff like that, it's akin to sort of saying, like, like yeah, well, the Holocaust wasn't real. Like, well, you don't really oof. whip that in casually, my right. friend. I'm sorry. The reason I brought up the whole uh, to, to veer violently off the right side of the road, the reason I asked why everybody else had a, an interesting opinion, because Courtney I mentioned previously, <laughs> and I'll give Courtney a layup here. That's oh, why I'm say, sagging. You know, I, I actually know how to sear the show, uh, strangely <laughs> enough, after you know 91 episodes now. Uh, I mentioned to John earlier, I really admire Courtney, because she's the most honest of all of us, because last night in the middle of the show... A message showed up in our podcast thread, <laughs> and it says, "Who brings a child to a to a bar for a show?" No, she said it a little bit differently. I said, uh, "What kind of an asshole brings hey. a child to a bar?" That's Damn, no, no. And then <laughs> to be I, real with you, I didn't even i I thought that was just uh, a shane not a shaneism, but I didn't see that message. I no, well, that you were existed. you were performing. Yeah. Yeah, oh. you were working. It's not like you could take I mean, out your phone while you're in the middle of See, I didn't see it until I was home <laughs> drinking my Waterloo. And then I was like, <laughs> damn, Courtney, that's cold. You know it's what accurate, I, but it's cold. You know what I did get your girlfriend's uh, daughter to do for the bar, though? Uh, we were all torn down, like our, our gear was set set aside, and the one of the tables that one of our groups had been sitting at, all the glassware was still on the table. And I said... Hey, girlfriend's daughter's name. Do you know what good girls do? They take glasses from the bar tables to the actual bar so that the people working have an easier night. Do you want to play that game? And she did. So John's advocating for child labor. Oh, yeah. And even more, John's advocating for unpaid child labor. <laughs> here's here's the middle Exploitation. ground. You you're, mean you're a Catholic parent, finally. Yeah. Here's, here's the middle ground. You... Anybody, you can bring your child to the bar. We won't watch them. We won't make sure that they're safe. That's fair. <laughs> so neither do they. So it's fine. Yeah. But you can you can bring them. But we're gonna make them work. We're gonna put those stupid little stubby hands into the sanitizer water, <laughs> and we're gonna make them ruin their hands too. So this is Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Phoenix Tap Room. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's just kids breaking rocks in the corner. <laughs> oh my god, yeah, breaking oh, ice cubes god. off to put into you know drinks and shit. Yeah, it's fine. Good. I thought you were gonna bring up that when uh, when Sam showed up, she was like, "I'm gonna have a panic attack." No, like, I took, I, I like, suppressed memories of Sam when Sam when Sam arrived. She came up to Shane and I, and she goes, 
I drink a, a caffeinated sparkling water or something. This something is your she because I also heard the whole story from oh, her mouth. Yeah, oh, because God, she. I'm sorry. And you probably weren't even like close to her, and you heard the whole story because she's just loud. You know, people that like you haven't seen them in a while, or like they're not like someone that you really know, and they have a mask on when they walk up to you, and you're like, "All right, cool," and then they're like. I'm going to talk to you now. And they just like rip it off. It was like that. <laughs> and then we got the whole story. And I was like, don't laugh because I saw you do that when you ordered a beer last night. And I about lost my mind on you. <laughs> there. I was, I was, I was being too comfortable there. But you know, to be honest though, that was a weird environment. That was one of the things that kind of like was wonky for me is that people just kept, there were areas where they were like wearing masks and areas where folks weren't wearing masks. And then some folks just got super laid back about it and were just strolling around the whole place without it. And I'm like, I don't, I don't know how to, where the restriction lies. Yeah. It's a weird, uh, fog to, to travel through for sure, because it's basically placed on the consumer and on the employees now. Um, so you get to make your own decisions okay, and you do with that what you will. So that's why I was saying it felt like a vaccination party at a certain point, because that whole side of the room that we brought at a certain point, they were playing the same mental inventorying that we were doing of like, I know you've been vaxxed, you've been vaxxed, <laughs> you've been vaxxed. It was like back in the day, like the honor system of being like, okay, one, one adult to another adult. Do you have an STD? I think you're 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 possibly you know missing the shane of all of this, which is I just look at everyone as though they're repellent and have the possibility of giving me a disease. So I, mean, I treat fair. everyone accordingly, and I just avoid them if I can. It's my approach. It's better for me as you way. should. Yeah, yeah. But to, okay. So anything other than that, Courtney? Uh, my highlights last night were the really loud table next to us that wouldn't shut up. Yeah, dicks. Anyone with the last name of Trim, and I know you listen to this podcast because you told me. <laughs> oh wait, is that who it was? Fuck! Oh wow, I do love you, Logan, but you uh, you bailed on me today, and I thought we were buddies. I Ooh. thought we were friends, and you proved to me that when the chips are down, you're gonna fold up like a fucking tartan skirt, <laughs> and I can't I can't rely on you any longer. You could have had a bad bitch. I could have non-committal. Yep, <sighs> helped you with your bass playing just a just little. Just a little. Yeah. Um, you did remind me though of a a tweet. Uh, the uh, it's, it's the most proud I've ever been of a tweet ever <laughs> since I've joined go. Twitter and been even semi active. Oh my god! Um, and after my solo set, so eight thirty nine p.m. yesterday, May the fourth, I tweeted, "I'm getting to play to a bar, talking over the pestering sound of my music. The earth is healing." <laughs> i pulled out my phone and i showed jonah and because I, I was laughing he's like what are you, why are you on twitter we're at a show and i was like no but look what john's, john said. <laughs> john's in the back room live tweeting <laughs> the other highlight for me um was man drinking beer through straw <gasps> yeah there was a transient he oh, I, I was gonna fuck up oh go ahead sorry i'm sorry <laughs> He was something else the whole time. And at one point, he was in the restroom with the door unlocked. <gasps> and my husband walked into that restroom. I have the other side of this. Oh, and, my God. Uh, by the he way, in case anybody twist. is curious, he's going to be up there. <laughs> <laughs> I'll get all the other. <laughs> um, so I'm, we're playing, and the bathrooms are to our left. And Shane can attest to this, and I don't think we, there, it doesn't even warrant a discussion, but you see a lot of strange shit when people don't think that you're watching them because you're performing. So why you wouldn't nope. be observant? Uh, you, um, uh, you presume that I see anything. I get distracted out. real easily. And maybe I was keyed up because I'm playing at 
the place that I work, so it's hard to separate that. So while we're playing one song, I see a transient uh, approaching the patio, which I'm I'm tuned to see now. Like it's part of my everyday. Like I can feel it almost. Uh-huh. The energy shifts. is based on yeah. movement. Yeah. yeah. So I see that happening, and I'm like, "Fuck it, be be in the moment, man. You're playing a show. You're you're fucking back at this shit." So <laughs> I I get back into it. I, I tune it out, and I see him walk in, and I don't see anything else because he goes to the other side of the bar. I was like, okay, cool. So someone told him to go fuck off. Like, we'll, we'll give you the liberty, though. Like, if you want to buy a beer, if you have money, like, a customer is a customer is a customer. As Absolutely. long as you're not offending anybody, you're not starting any fights, you're fully clothed. Um, Important caveat. That's why Michael uh, wasn't let in for a little bit. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So we go to the next song, and then I see this guy's amble over and he's wearing a green patty's bar or patty's pub shirt mm-hmm. and tattered jeans uh just scruffy as the, the day is long and i see him watch us play he's enamored by our or by sam the violin Thank God. um and then you know cause and effect he had a beer he had to piss so i watch him go over to the the first restroom door and the doors if they're available you just push them mm-hmm. they're open <gasps> and if they're not surprise they don't fucking open. So <laughs> he goes up to the door. He puts his hands on it and he pushes and it's it's giving it right back to him. And he's not understanding. So he keeps like very, very violently. And this we're playing a song and I'm watching this happening, trying to be like, I'm, I'm a man torn. Um, <laughs> and he's like, he's pushing it. Nothing happens. And then he's like, oh, fuck it. And he goes to the next door and it works. Oh, <laughs> The moment he enters the bathroom door, Logan Trim comes out of the door that he was trying to get into, <laughs> looking a little concerned, uh, washes his hands, bless you for doing so, and goes back to his seat. <laughs> Jonah, Courtney's husband, at this moment, steps up from the table, cause and effect. He's been having some drinks. He has to take a piss. He walks over to the bathrooms. There are two doors to choose. There's one to the left, which is unoccupied, and there is one to the right, which very much so has a transient man <laughs> drinking a beer out of a straw in it. <laughs> Vigorously stroking a beard, we might And add. Jonah, bless his heart, he chooses the bathroom that I would have chose to, because it's, it's the furthest away from everyone. Yep. And, uh... He goes in, and I'm pretty sure his life was changed forever. <laughs> so <laughs> he goes he in, and the guy is just standing in front of the mirror, stroking his beard and making hard eye contact with himself. Mm. So yeah, he's trying to come like John. <laughs> and the funny thing was, so Jonah comes back, and he's telling us this, and one of the things that, like, Jonah is notorious for is, like, loud shrieking if he gets scared. Oh, no. And so, like, he was like, you would have known if I had seen something because you would have heard shri- me. I would have shrieked. And Curtis was like, I would have thrown over this table. I would have known it was you, baby boy. Was- <laughs> I'm coming. <laughs> And so that was a real highlight. And then also when that man was like, I'm going to throw dollars at Sam while you're performing. That was super enjoyable. That was that was a really strange moment because I was was half tempted to Sam to be like, don't take the dollar. Give give the, the dollar back. Or don't give it back, but just be like, no, you're good. Like, no, take the dollar. Like, (laughs) but that that was a moment where I was like, you know, I mean, he's very, very weird, and I can't imagine getting your your getting baked in the sun day in day out here in the Arizona heat. But the fact that he liked Sam and uh, Sam's violin, hopefully Uh, just Sam's violin, enough to to tip her a dollar or two. uh, You're mispronouncing boob. Yeah. Well, she wasn't showing any skin. (laughs) Becky was, but she, but uh, but Sam wasn't. 
Yeah. Um, I, so uh, let me, uh, get around your mealy mouth political correctness is, um, his life is worth less than mine. So I'll take his money. I'm fine. <laughs> oh, no. He's, he's going to be dead in a couple months anyway. Oh. We, we need that dollar more than he does. I mean, we need, we, we need new mics. We need a new no. PA. Yeah, Daddy needs a new pair of shoes because Daddy that guy like. pissed on mine. That's, uh, <laughs> Uh, and also, I'm not kidding, that whole time while John is observing these things and having a metaphysical crisis of conscience <laughs> in his brain while we're playing a set, I can't see a fucking thing because I sweat the entire time. So I look like Joe Cocker on stage, which is a reference lost on everyone in this yep. room, but someone at home is riotously cackling because I cannot open my eyes <laughs> for the sweat that trickles in constantly. So if, if you see me playing a song, I'm not really just feeling emotions. If I open my eyes, I will scream in pain. And uh, that's, uh, I don't notice much of anything when we're playing. The only thing I will say to that is, um, a Cocker damn near killed her. You hear well. that silence? Remember earlier when you said you were going to edit out more of the things that you say? <laughs> no, we got to keep that. Yeah, that one goes. <laughs> I, need, I need proof you, that Michael's on this podcast. You can't just say things that you think you might edit out later. No, I don't say things knowing I'll edit them out later. I say things because I have no filter. Here's the thing. I'm going to get that on a t-shirt and give it to Michael for Christmas. Cocker, <laughs> I, damn near killed her. And I'm going to have a picture of, of his girlfriend's no. uh, daughter oh, no. on the back of it. Just so Not that you my can daddy. complete the circle. Oh. Not my daddy. Yeah. <laughs> Not uh. my daddy. Um, By the way, Michael. <laughs> oh no! Uh, so a uh, child threatens to beat him up. Just for those of you who didn't witness the fact, that I I'm didn't witness Mike. that. That's oh great God. though. Mm. Getting intimidated, intimidated by his intimidated. Um, Becky finished her listen to my immortal today. Cool. Which is really fun. And then, I'm sorry, Becky. It motivated me to because I got really excited that she finished listening to it and she enjoyed it. I was like, well, we we're doing the sequel now. Shameless plug Wednesdays. Um, I'm also sorry, but you need you need to listen to prayer or Hogwarts School of Prayer and Miracles Absolutely. first. No spoilers. It's just really important. Yes. Uh, and then I was like, well, let me field like let me screen the YouTubes again and just make sure that the episodes and just you know I, I haven't really <laughs> that you don't to slander them. your wife on them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't want to get my balls in a total uproar. I. Well, one, I listened to, I think I listened to five fucking episodes today before Shane came over. I was just cleaning Whoa. the house and, and listening. Okay. Um, sorry to the listeners who have, uh, have seen it already that I mentioned God's Not Dead two episodes in a row. Like I didn't mention it in the episode prior, uh, for one. But also there's a moment where um, Hagrid and Harry get on their knees in the middle of a street. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> and then great. I headcanon that I'd forgot, but I'm <laughs> I'm really glad I remembered that a, a fucking Prius hits them uh-huh. in the middle of the street because they're just, they're just hanging out and that the whole fanfic is them in heaven. Uh-huh. Here's why actually really I, I do love and cherish Logan Trim. I'm just going to keep using it. We're gonna, he's he's going yeah, he to have his last name at all time. Uh, is that Logan knows more about our podcast than John does, and oh John's God. fucking <laughs> present for it. So, because uh, uh, John was curious whether or not he said something last night, and Logan's like, "Yeah, no, you you talked about that like two episodes." Ago. <laughs> so at he least Logan pays I was like, attention. How, how the fuck do you know that? Like, I <laughs> listened to the episode. Yeah, I listened. I listened to this week's episode. I was like, "Huh?" <laughs> <laughs> I well, talk novel novel concept. Hmm. Oh, 
people listen to this thing <laughs> what oh i don't like that at all like i was talking to Kristen last night and she was like your episodes are really good and i was like please don't say that to me <laughs> uh speaking of which no no uh go back everybody re-listen to the uh the, the purity ring because it's uh it's a lot of fun yeah and i loved it okay it's good times i've been it's, scared it's of that as, one it's not as bad as i thought i was going to be on the episode well, Courtney was riveting, and I don't care what she says. I don't care if her startled look in her head shake right now is claiming the contrary. She was brilliant. And I'm going to defend that with my dying <laughs> breath right before I laugh at that transient gentleman dying before me. <laughs> that, and we are all better for it. Yes, oh. That man ended the night by turning around and making high, hard eye contact with me, and I was like, Jonah, Jonah, please Protect talk to me. this man. I'm not talking to this man. And the guy goes, uh, I've had a few beers. Um, what time do you have? Jonah's like, it's like 10, 15. Guy's like, great. I could drive home. I won't get pulled over. And then he just disappeared into like the wind. And I was just like, was you he had here? a car? Was he By real? drive home, he means he's going to drive on his tricycle back to his box <laughs> in the alley three streets away. He must be friends with the uh, the motorized uh, wheelchair gentleman that I told you guys about. <laughs> oh yes, he was there during a. <laughs> no, he was he was there actually in the parking lot during uh, the Sour Fest. You're uh, the fucking week... kidding me? No, he was sitting. He was almost blocking traffic when we oh were trying to God. park there. And I'm like, I don't want to wait here, waiting for a parking spot because I'm afraid he'll come up and start talking to us. He'll just zoom up. Right next to my window and start knocking on it. Yeah. <laughs> hey, listen. Um, my wheelchair died. Can you just yeet me down the street? <laughs> All the way to Queen Queek? The people yeah. watching at your bar is just it's phenomenal. So we were there, Sourfest, on the Saturday night. And we were there till like 3.30 in the morning. Like, we were there very late. Yes, And you some are. guy kept going through the Burger King drive through even though they were closed. Yeah. And he went through, like, four times. And then he finally gave up. Drove down the street. We saw him circle back around multiple times, just looking at the Burger King like it was going to open. It was amazing. By the way, weed is legal in Arizona now. <laughs> it is. And I needed no better confirmation than that story. <laughs> the heart wants what the heart wants. That's what I it is. really well, need a Whopper, man. The important question was, was the Taco Bell right next to it open? No, it was It was 3.30 in the morning. I don't know when Do you guys want... The most bitch slapping segue that I'll ever give. Please. Oh, hit me, Daddy. Speaking of fast food, don't we have a topic today? We do, in fact. <laughs> Ooh, that, that stung a little. Wait, that was nice. This is a show recap from last night. I was like, you got there before I did, but I like where your head's at because yeah, I was you, you for laid that. that fucking right up. With... I was gonna say it's not a combination uh, Taco Bell and Kentucky Fried Chicken. It is not, but, but it's close. It's, uh, they don't. They exist out in the world. So uh, for those of you who are playing the home game. <laughs> And are not four hours into what is usually supposed to be an hour-long podcast. Uh, we occasionally dive into a random esoteric topic, and in the course of explaining it to one another, we will leaven in the occasional lie, just to try to make this entertaining for those of you sitting at home, fumbling around for something better to do with your day. But uh, we are going to finally follow up on a promise or a threat that I made a few weeks ago, and we are going to give you part two. Of the life and crimes of Colonel Sanders, while John tries to get uh, the mothership back on the the comms, mm -hmm. and it'll be good for all involved parties. Is everybody ready? I'm always ready. Oh, How yeah. does one Further approach a preamble? the sunset? Uh, dear God, 
All right. Uh, so where we uh, last left the colonel, yes, uh, he he was not quite cresting into colonel'dom yet, but uh, he had uh, been accused of a murder. Murder. <laughs> Still, John's weird pronunciation. Uh, there was a shootout over some mispainted signs, which you, resulted you in another me, person being incarcerated. <laughs> and uh, so now we're we're going to dive in, and uh, I will note for the record for all of you who are going to have to keep track this week: there are five oh lies <gasps> in this week's installment. It's one more than four. It's the amount of fingers that I have on my left hand. <gasps> And he had butthole pinched one off at one point. <laughs> Tight like a tiger. Toit. So there was a lobstrosity that John was dating. Dada chum. <laughs> Dada chad? <laughs> so, as we learned from our previous installment, Colonel Sanders was no man to be trifled with. This trend continued throughout his time in Corbin, Kentucky, as illustrated by this glorious bit of ephemera that I found. One evening, in the wee hours... Sanders was jolted awake by multiple gunshots outside his Corbin service station. Two rival alcohol bootleggers were exchanging bullets and insults in the road in front of Sanders' place. I fucked your dad! (laughs) (laughs) The shootout, however, was interrupted by the sound of a door crashing open and a middle-aged man emerging from the station door, wearing nothing but his underwear, while aiming a large shotgun in their direction. Line up, both you sons of bitches, and throw down your guns, Sanders ordered. (laughs) Being called a son of a bitch was no trifling insult to fellows from those parts in those days, but the shotgun convinced them to comply. When the sheriff arrived to collect the suspects, he asked Sanders to come back to the county seat with him to serve as a witness, like you do. Uh, Crimes are important to document fully. As they sped away... Sanders' daughter, Margaret, ran after the car, clutching a wad of fabric. Father! She shouted, you forgot your pants! (laughs) Is that bullshit? Not bullshit. (laughs) Wow. Respect. Yeah, so uh, the long dong game was uh, (laughs) running straight for the man who loved the extra crispy. Uh, All right. So one day... In the early 1930s, Josephine and Margaret Sanders were beginning to wonder what was keeping Harland away so long. The last time they had seen him, he was riding a mule up the mountain in a downpour, carrying an old lard bucket filled with bandages, scissors, antiseptics, and rubber gloves. He was en route to a nearby Appalachian community which lacked electricity, roads, indoor plumbing, and other modern conveniences. From time to time, Sanders brought the families there free food, including full Thanksgiving spreads for the entire town. But most urgently, the people needed medical care. He'd been summoned because one of the townsmen... Townsmen? This might be interesting. Uh, He had been summoned because one of the townswomen had gone into labor. (laughs) Oh. This is uh, phrased poorly, but I kept it in because it amused me. Having three children... Sanders had significant experience with the process of childbirth. I don't think he actually gave birth to the children himself, but uh, stranger things have happened. Do you call this Kentucky Fried Labor? (laughs) He's a hermaphrodite, and uh, it's good for... (laughs) <laughs> but, like uh, how you can't get through that <laughs> so hermaphrodad had become a self-styled amateur midwife this outing however was taking much longer than normal harland 
interrupted his wife and daughter's worrying when he burst into the apartment and grabbed his trusty shotgun he kept behind the front door. He explained that it might be necessary to use a little persuasion in this birthing process. That is bullshit for sure. Not at all. So he thinks that a shotgun will motivate you to push harder? Just wait. (laughs) The baby apparently was not in the proper position in the womb, requiring more experienced intervention. But uh, the allegedly drunken physician who was attending to the birthing process was refusing to leave. Hippocrates be damned. So shortly thereafter, Sanders' powers of persuasion apparently appropriately swayed the doctor, and he was seen riding up the mountain astride a similarly moist mule. What? 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 Wait, why is the mule moist? It's raining, man. Oh. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, this is some detail I'm missing here. Because they were saying he, he was also riding a mule. Oh. Gots it. There weren't paved roads, man. Oh. Stay with me here. So uh, Sanders then manually adjusted the baby's position himself, and the delivery proceeded smoothly. The parents subsequently named the new son... Harland. <laughs> I, for a second, I thought it was going to be Colonel. I don't know why. He's not there yet. The honorific <laughs> hasn't been bestowed. We're still in the 1930s, man. Ah. So in 1935 or 36, depending upon who you're listening to, in recognition of Sanders' midwifery work, food donations, and his regular shuttling of townsfolk to Alcoholics Anonymous meetings, the Kentucky governor, Ruby LaFoon, you'll remember from our previous installment, commissioned Harlan Sanders as a Kentucky colonel, (laughs) the highest title of honor bestowed by the Commonwealth of Kentucky. Is the Alcoholics Anonymous... uh, It is not. Oh? No. He was an advocate. Mm. And it's a beautiful thing. You would imagine a man who's tend to, uh, you know, throw in fisticuffs when he gets angry <laughs> might want to stay away from imbibing alcohol. Yeah, was, that's understandable, I that's guess. why you're yeah. still sober. That's a good question. Was the midwifery really the reason that he became a, the colonel? Uh, yes. Wow. All right. Isn't that staggering? That's hilarious. I'm telling you, this man is an onion, and <laughs> I, I am eternally fascinated by him at this point. So, in Corbin, according to Harlan... Bootleggings, fights, and shootings was as regular as a rooster's crone in a moaning. Whether or not this excessive chicken noise informed Sanders' future career is impossible to say, but Corbin is where he began his gradual transformation into the future famous food icon. The only thing Sanders seemed to enjoy more than swearing was experimenting with cooking. He decided you mean, to uh, put cocaine. Cocaine? Yes. <laughs> I reckon I'll try me some of that cocaine. <laughs> I have a sinus infection. It takes all your bad feelings and turns them into good ones. Right before you beat someone unrecognizable. (laughs) I brought my shotgun. Uh, So he decided to put a big oak table in a former storeroom and reopen as Sanders Service Station. That's one word, by the way. Joined with an S. Sanders Service Station and Cafe. Ooh. With the little accent on the <gasps> E there. Fancy. Courtney, why is the accent on cafe? Because it's French. Well, what is it French for? Cafe. Fuckwit. Uh... That's me. Exactly. <laughs> Cafeteria? So, Cafe Watkins over here. <laughs> <laughs> Present. I'll, I'll have a decaf, please. <laughs> um, so, hungry travelers were drawn in by the big advertisements, or advertisements, as I would say. Uh, Sanders painted on roadside barns, north and south of town, little knowing the contentious shootout and death those signs had previously inspired. 
Sanders hired some wait staff, but he made a point to pay them a living wage, strongly encouraging them to accept tips and noting the quality of their performance would directly impact the compensation they could accrue. Hmm. I'm turning into Michael. Bullshit. Someone slap me. Yeah, is the living wage bullshit? No, he paid them a living wage. Encouraging them to take tips, though? That is bullshit. Uh, He actually strictly forbid them to accept (laughs) tips. He said, I pay you enough, you Uh shouldn't have to ask for nothing. Service worker. She's been around. She knows how industry works. I tried to (laughs) lean into that one, just... uh, Plus, I stumbled around, so it's good to know. So using the kitchen in the apartment and back, Harland and Josephine cooked up such fare as steak, country ham, potatoes with red-eye gravy, grits, apple pies, and hot biscuits. Chicken, contrary to the popular belief, was not often on the menu. It took too long to cook, to Sanders' satisfaction. However, he experimented with it constantly. So it was around this time that Sanders met his beloved Claudia Price, a young woman who was divorced and living in Corbin. At Harlan's suggestion, his wife Josephine hired Claudia to help around the cafe, and it soon became something of an open secret that Claudia was equal parts waitress (laughs) and mistress. Oh, your hands were cold. For the listener, uh, Shane and Michael are sharing a couch, and when Shane was... Sharing that scintillating information, mm-hmm. his hands were a wandering up uh, Michael's <laughs> thigh meat. Michael was trying to adjust his legs to get more comfortable, but I treated it as though he was trying to get away from me, so I wanted to beckon him back over. Ooh. They've been playing footsie and, uh, for far too long. Yes, hands are cold. And- <laughs> I have poor circulation because I'm holding my phone up in front of my face now because I can't trust you not to steal my secrets. I'm not going to steal your secret <laughs> formula. There's 11 herbs and spices I'm trying to protect here, you simple son of a bitch. So, uh, it soon became something of an open secret that Claudia was equal parts waitress and mistress, as I said. But this silent scandal was marginalized by the growing success of the restaurant. Go figure! (laughs) That is the best way to have extramarital affair is to first have her also work with you and Mm. your wife and then be really successful. Yeah, get some money. Business is booming. And the business is killing Nazis. 100 Nancy scalps. And I want my scalps. All right. Sanders added a small luxury motel to the property in 1937, Ooh. the Lay-In Stay. Um, Is that mm. bullshit? <laughs> I kid. I was just joking. I didn't actually throw that in. <laughs> oh, okay. That was, the, that the was off the cuff, the lay-in as it were. Stay. Fuck <laughs> the Lay-In Stay. Fuck out of here. The Lay-In Stay, No. Uh, so it was the first one in the east of the Mississippi, by Sanders' claims. Uh, He even rubbed elbows and other things, apparently, with renowned food critic Duncan Hines of modern cake mix fame, who gave Sanders Place a glowing review in his travel book. That's bullshit. You threw that in there for Courtney. No, that That was was literally in the last last episode. episode. I I know you wouldn't remember. (laughs) It was a long haul. And then I had to go to the grocery store and send you guys a video of the cake aisle. I still think it's fake news. I I don't recall the picture, so it must not have happened. Were the I'm, were those I fake boxes? You being with me, were those fake boxes marked with bamboo? Yes. Uh, you could tell that they're a shop or a, a Photoshop. You can see the pixels. It's the panda pound cake, uh, <laughs> or a pound of panda cake. <laughs> Whoa, hot! <laughs> That's the. If it were Michael, it would be the Panda Express. <laughs> Three pumps it. and I'm done. 
Uh, I swear this never happened. I don't he think go... you should call him out for his little bamboo. He John go... already did it last week. <laughs> so. He can go deeper if you want him to. Only if you ask. <laughs> Try real hard. So, uh... <laughs> is it one of those like corkscrew ones where they like grow it around you the stick? A, you mean Ooh. a cat dick? <laughs> I was gonna say like a duck. That would be pig dick, my friend. Oh. Well, we're all just cats and pigs, you know? aren't we? <laughs> Meow. Uh, someone read The Outsider. You should know. You got fox face or... I don't understand. Oh, gosh. So, for I entertainment... Do. I got that one, guys. <laughs> uh, Sanders would occasionally take customers around back to listen to a braying jackass, not, Jane, not named John Watkins. Uh, <laughs> Lies. I'm not kidding. This is an actual braying jackass that occupied an adjacent lot. Not a New Yorker. Hey, uh, the jackass would say. Oh. This was, from all reports, a thigh-slappingly good time. <laughs> Simpler oh. times. Uh, entertainment. Easier times. It should say, affordable diversion was very scarce in the Great Depression, we will note. I'm sorry, but True. if somebody, like, if you went to someone's home or their restaurant and they took you out back and there was just, like, an ass just, you know, singing, like, that wouldn't make <laughs> your day. <laughs> Maybe. I mean, it I would don't make know. my I'd, day, yeah. It would arouse John, so, I know. I am so risk-averse that if someone <laughs> was, was like, hey, come out to the back of this bar with me, I have something to show you, I'd be like, can someone else come with me? That's just because you've watched <laughs> Goodfellas. Uh, Scorsese put that in your head. <laughs> I need Most an adult. I got a coat for you over here, Lorraine. Yeah, oh, I'm on. good, Jimmy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm fine. I gotta go. <laughs> uh, Sanders also kept a pet crow on the premises that the staff named jim crow oh, oh. <laughs> here it comes i was gonna say michael you thought you were gonna have the more racist episode coming Ooh, up wee. but uh we're gonna get into it the motel that guests could drop a penny in their pant cuff and stroll around the yard and jim would hop behind them pecking and a probing until he got the penny out much to the amusement of onlookers i don't like it Nobody knew what Jim did with the pennies until some years later when Sanders was renovating the hotel. He tore out a staircase, and it paid off like a penny slot. There's always money in the banana stand. Or in the staircase. And that's not bullshit. That's not bullshit. That was a staircase failure. Whew. You're welcome. The dogs even liked that one. <laughs> they heard another bitch referenced and decided to dive in. So, uh... <laughs> You can edit that or not. Where's the, where's the bitches? Where's for the lawsuit. The so, lawsuit. Lawsuit. <laughs> it's a French robotham this time, but uh, it was around this time that Sanders met his beloved Bertha. Oh, Bertha. Bertha was his nickname for his first pressure cooker, a new contraption that rapidly cooked vegetables using high temperature and pressures. Oh. Sanders wondered whether this might be the key to frying chicken quickly without sacrificing quality. He added pressure relief valves to Bertha so it would be safe for frying and spent years experimenting with various marinades, oils, temperatures, types of flour, and seasonings. By July of 1940, Sanders had developed a system to fry chicken to golden brown in about eight minutes and... Mm. He'd perfected his long-evolving spice spectrum by adding an 11th ingredient. He had also invented a cracklin' gravy, which took advantage of the bits of breading left in the oil after frying. 
and it was rumored to have been among the finest things one can put in one's mouth. Careful, John. I'm leaving it. <laughs> oh, Colonel. <laughs> but his discoveries would have to wait for the world to sort some things out. In the cold of an early December Sunday afternoon in 1941, the Sanders family were sitting in Margaret's home listening to music on the radio when the broadcast was interrupted by a special news bulletin. Uh -oh. An announcer informed listeners that Pearl Harbor was being bombed by the Empire of Japan. The United States was now at war. At 52 years old, Sanders was too old to serve his country, but he could still serve a small portion of it. He left the restaurant in the care of his mistress, Claudia. <laughs> like you do, she You're handles everything bitch. else for you. <laughs> you can handle my dick, you can handle my food. And traveled all the way out to the remote town of Oak Ridge, Tennessee, where the government had hastily erected a sprawling state-of-the-art facility on what had previously been farmland. Sanders met up with his friend Joe Clemens, the manager of a local cafeteria, and formally accepted a position as assistant manager. Although he worked there until nearly the end of the war, Sanders had no idea how the thousands of men and women of Oak Ridge spent their days. Oh, I like where this is going because I know the answer uh -huh. to this. They never openly discussed their work, even with the affable Sanders. Only later would he learn that those workers were scientists and engineers and that they had been developing their own secret recipe, <laughs> Uranium-235. What? They had spent years heating chunks of the metal to high temperatures, then pushing its vapors through membranes, then spinning it in massive magnetic chambers, all to isolate a few kilograms of a special isotope. In 1945, you, the stuff can you was packed. Stop. You're giving Michael I'm an erection. Sorry, I, I saw I, him I, getting I, chills. So, uh -huh. I got goosebumps. Is the historian your, over here? Does your presentation cover 235? Have we talked about 235? Uh, technically, we did at one point. <laughs> if you link back to uh, episode 40 with the heavy water episode, is that really the the connection there? Well. Yes, because they were both dealing with heavy water and they uranium were. and stuff like that mm -hmm. and the atomic bomb, but this has nothing to do with that actual episode. Yes, I mean, there, but we have discussed uranium. Okay. It's, yeah. just, it's not Cake every day that you are sitting Tenting. across from Michael <laughs> and you're seeing his eyes like glaze over, and then one word is said and you see like... <laughs> Like a fucking prairie dog coming out of the hole. <laughs> I'm interested now. I watched his little science boner just fucking pop out of his goddamn pants. It was uh, small, but it was mighty. It was, it was really mighty. I was, I was not touching his leg this time either. Just for I record. felt it in my molar. <laughs> Floss me, baby. <laughs> Fuck that plaque out of my face. <laughs> Uh, so, in 1945, the stuff was packed into the little belly bomb. <laughs> Let me try that one more yeah, time with actual mouth. The stuff was packed into the little boy bomb, loaded onto the Enola Gay, flown to Japan, and dropped on Hiroshima. Let's not say that with glee or delight in my voice. But this what you're saying is that Colonel Sanders bombed Japan. Uh, Colonel Sanders taught me to love the bomb. Mm, wow. That was a good reference. Mm -hmm. I get the reference. He is a movie that he's familiar with. Doctor Strangelove or I How flummoxed. I Learned to Stop uh, how I, uh, Worrying yes. and Love the Bomb. Uh -huh. yes. 
It's a it's you the are longest such title. a fucking enigma to me. <laughs> I know. <laughs> That's where if you've ever seen in pop culture a person with a cowboy hat riding a bomb. That's where that movie, or that's where that thing comes from. The scene is from. I'm sure I know the answer, but I feel compelled to ask. Would you recommend that movie? Yes. Uh, I um, have it at work. I'll let you borrow it. Who was the director of it? Is it Kubrick? Yes, I think it was. I think it was Kubrick. I don't know. Anyway, will, sorry. I will, I will to, check on this. Yes, while please you are, do. You have yeah, a research not, device not to, there. Not to derail. No, that's, that this is the joy of our episodic uh, experiences, and we're in real time now. No glitches of uh, internet to impede us, so we can actually take, unless Michael doesn't know how to, if he gets tr- sidetracked by another headline here. <laughs> Bamboo? What the fuck? Hardly newer. <laughs> the Kung Fu Panda, I think, has... Uh, yeah, Stanley Kubrick yep, directed it. There you are. All right. I think it, this was the movie he did before um, 2001, okay. if I recall correctly. Okay. Man, is a bloody... Uh, and speaking of which, yes, I watched 2001 again fairly recently. Did we discuss this after yes. I saw it? That's why it yes. popped into my head right. after that. So, of course, this was the first atomic weapon ever deployed in war. <sighs> it had nothing to do with the famous bowl. But uh, as the United States entered World War II in December 1941, gas was rationed, and as tourism dried up, Sanders, with his gangbusters luck that he has been having for years and years, was forced to close his Asheville motel. He went to work as a supervisor in Seattle until the latter part of 1942. He later ran cafeterias for the government at an ordnance works in tennessee followed by a job as an assistant cafeteria manager in oak ridge tennessee where he founded the oak ridge boys bullshit Uh, (laughs) occasionally i'm just making jokes man that's uh, what's a joke this is a very serious podcast yes if you you could just not (laughs) i just i I think what courtney's trying to ask is what's the joke she's we're not going to get every joke (laughs) please explain the joke What's next? I think that's what she's trying to ask. <laughs> so, <laughs> in 1952, Harlan Sanders decided to go down under. That's right. He visited Australia. Huh. <laughs> Didn't fuck no kangaroos. <laughs> uh, you better run. You better take cover. Yes. He was part of the emu war? I gave him a bite of oh, Vegemite sandwich. It all connects. Calm down, Michael. I don't want any... <laughs> Blowback hit me over here. <laughs> Too late. It's like a Gallagher show on this couch. <laughs> Much had, of course, changed in his life after the war. Harland and Josephine had divorced <gasps> after 39 years. And in a shot that no one saw coming, Sanders married his longtime employee slash mistress, Claudia. Did Josephine what? really stick around that long? Got it in that finger daddy. That empire that must have been doing so well, great that she was like You're about to be married to a fried chicken finger daddy. <laughs> it's a phrase that just rolls trippingly off the tongue every you're time. You're right, I, hear I should it. consider a divorce. <laughs> <laughs> no, what he's saying is he's gonna become your husband's mistress. No, what he's saying is that you need to bring Becky in as a third, and then you know you can just slowly work your way out of the relationship. She's out here looking like a snack. She's begging to be a third somewhere. She really is. <laughs> it's just, it's the that snack little pack. pineapple on the back of her thighs is just <sighs> yelling for it. <laughs> <laughs> Who lives in a pineapple? Look It's John Square Dance. (laughs) 
<laughs> okay, we're going to leave that one alone. I'm sorry, Becky. Sorry. I love you so much. Sorry. She's not going to hear it. No. <laughs> no. I mean, she might be hearing it now. Oh, we're... no, we have a ring doorbell. She's outside doing something. I don't know what she's doing. <laughs> she's she's leaving else. you. <laughs> she's auditioning your replacement no. right now. <laughs> She took a Snapchat. She's like, no, this fucking weird. Oh, I nearly said something bad. Never mind. You were saying? (laughs) (laughs) Giving somebody a hummer. There's words in my my vocab that need to not be there anymore. And they, I, we need them. I I can't say them. You're good. Don't be, uh, let me be the hate tank here. Yeah. (laughs) (sighs) So, uh, Governor Weatherby recommissioned him as a Kentucky colonel in honor of his cuisine. And this time, Sanders fully embraced the honorific, so he is a colonel two times over. He's Colonel Colonel Sanders. Indeed. He's Colonel Mm. Squared. Uh, He began to introduce himself as Colonel Sanders and started to put together his signature look, growing a salt and pepper goatee a la Michael. He kind of sounds like an asshole. (laughs) By kind of, I mean, I don't think... Did you pay attention at all the last episode? Yes, I have. Uh, he was throttling his own like defendants, uh, beating other people up. Yeah, he had a rough upbringing. I'm John. just trying to remind people that don't he's an judge asshole. him too harshly. <laughs> I'm rolling my eyes. It's what happens when you have three stepdaddies that aren't your daddies. Ooh-wee. So he put together his uh, salt and pepper goatee and wearing black frock suits with a Kentucky style string tie. With so much changing in his life, he thought he ought to change his vocabulary to match the Southern gentleman motif he was trying for, which meant the elimination of profanity. (gasps) This was why, when he was traveling to Australia, he hoped to attend a religious conference that would cure his cursing habit. (laughs) (laughs) That cannot be real. That is real. Oh, my goodness. Those exist? However... Before he went down under, he had to make a brief stop in the great state of Utah for a different kind of religion. Polygamy? (laughs) That's not a religion, John. (laughs) It's a byproduct of some unfortunate souls not understanding God's will. Well, with that attitude. (laughs) (laughs) It's called patriarchy, my friend. (laughs) You can't have more than one husband. I Wasn't Mel Gibson great in that movie? I agree. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I thought Heath Ledger was just brilliant as his son. So it's just, <laughs> fuck off. <laughs> so, wearing some early iteration of his evolving ensemble, a 62-year-old Colonel Sanders stepped off a train in Salt Lake City and went to the Shake Shack, a newly renovated hamburger stand owned by Pete Harmon. Sanders had met Harmon at a restaurant convention in Chicago, and the colonel liked young Harmon at once, mostly because Harmon seemed to be the only other person at the convention who rejected alcohol. <laughs> Go figure. Was the restaurant really called Shake Shack? No, it wasn't. Yes. You want to take a stab at what it was called? Shake Shack originated in New York. You're fucking killing it today. That's all. <laughs> this is right that's in I, my that's lane. what I was trying to say. Uh-huh. That's what I was going to say. Is uh, you're just it was fucking killing it. It was called the Dew Drop In, which. <laughs> I also just made a really awful connection through this story. So in Japan, their one of their Christmas traditions is, is, is to KFC, eat yeah. KFC, I, yeah. and now knowing that Colonel Sanders and the 
I'm upset. <laughs> it was how he um, he paid his restitution back for feeding the people that contributed to the atomic bomb. Is let me spread my Kentucky Fried Chicken to your country. What you're saying is that both the people and the chicken were extra crispy. Yes. Damn. I'm gonna go ahead and give a little asterisk that that is probably. The roughest joke in really the history bad. of our oh. podcast. What you're saying is that it's uh, too hot for television. <laughs> <laughs> or to hold in your mouth for more than five seconds. <laughs> Spit it out, friend. It's not worth I it. I mean, I don't disagree with the joke. <laughs> it's a little hard to swallow. <laughs> but it is a little hard to swallow. Yeah. It's a sick burn, John. That's what it was. <laughs> God damn it. I'm just going to double oh. down. I'm, gonna, I'm just not going to let you cow me into being shamed by oh making a really insensitive and horrific joke. <laughs> but Courtney brought this up, so you kind of brought it on yourself. I mean, you have a really good point. Yeah. <laughs> everything, on this, everything on this world is women's fault, you know, oh, as, as we've documented Ooh. original sin. Uh, John, mean, can you call my husband and ask if I'm allowed to retort to that statement? Do you literally want me to call him right now? <laughs> I'll put it up to the mic. Fuck it, we'll do it live. Oh, good. <laughs> Could you put it on phone? Oh! oh, and there is the uh, the edit. Is he working right now? No, he's at home. <laughs> I'm gonna do it. Do it, you won't. No balls. This is gonna be a really fun episode to edit, Michael, and I apologize in advance. It better be tight edits, too. There better be no fucking tight edits, and they're still as loose as a cavern, so it doesn't matter. So, what you're saying is you want it tighter than the skin of someone who was hit in Hiroshima. (laughs) Like a goddamn drum. Vaporized? I'm I'm gonna be interested if he answers. Uh, If his phone's next to him, he will. He might also be sleeping. I don't know. Also, hope that's picking up, my friend. You don't. You don't know. Well, this is a failed experiment, Michael. You can just edit out all of my commentary, and it's just a joke that was exchanged between friends. I'm keeping that joke. That uh, unless you really don't want it in, I will. Man, what a bitch! I want to go home. Could have lived my noise? entire life without more of a, a glottal stop. Well, yeah, we're not even done with the episode yet, folks. So this is going to be grand. Ooh-wee. So Sanders asked Harmon to give him a ride to the local grocer, Hi. and there the colonel acquired some frozen chickens and an armful of seasoning. He was planning to fry up a batch of the secret recipe chicken he had perfected prior to the war, hoping that Harmon would sign up to franchise the recipe. Franchising, of course, was still a novel concept, and Sanders' idea was to convince the already established restaurants to add his chicken and gravy to their existing menus. Uh, they would subscribe to a premium herbs and spices service, paying a nickel a bird to gain access to the recipe and techniques. It's actually a really great idea. Yeah. The, is it real? It is real. <laughs> nickel a bird, baby. Nickel a bird. Uh, the colonel cooked his chicken in Harmon's kitchen in a borrowed pressure cooker. Uh, fried chicken was not a common entree around those parts in these days, so the dewdrop crew were wary. Sanders presented a large serving dish of his signature chicken. They looked at it as though it were a heap of ambiguously seasoned dinosaur descendants. They ate it, but they didn't seem to know what to make of it. Sanders got back on the train and headed to San Francisco to catch a flight to Australia. Two weeks later, however, on his way back home, Claudia rendezvoused with her husband in San Francisco, and Sanders decided she ought to see Pete Harmon's new place. They disembarked from the train in Salt Lake and headed for the Dewdrop, 
and there they were confronted with a massive sign painted on the window reading Kentucky Fried Chicken, something new, something different. I'll be goddamned, Sanders said. <laughs> All that work for nothing. <laughs> the convention in Australia had apparently not helped. Oh. Sneaky Pete Harmon, however, had evidently cataloged the 11 secret ingredients that the colonel had purchased and reverse-engineered the pressure-frying process. Oh the God. name Kentucky Fried Chicken came from the sign painter, who suggested it when Harmon was unsure how to refer to the colonel's creation. Somehow, Sanders was not infuriated by this apparent underhandedness, for once, or at least that was the story eventually agreed upon. Uh, with the surprise reappearance of the colonel, Harmon agreed to officially franchise, <laughs> and was the first person to do so, and Sanders lay claim to the name Kentucky Fried Chicken. Smart. They sealed the deal with a handshake. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm not sure Harmon knew how, uh, you know, the proclivities of the the colonel to grab a shotgun to yeah, settle his that, differences. That but could have uh, ended very differently. Indeed. <laughs> Brain-spattered Kentucky Fried Chicken do <laughs> stop front there, but... Uh, uh, 12 chicken sandwich. It's going to be on the menu next week, just so you're ready. Uh, Harmon soon invented the infamous bucket meal and opened additional locations. Within five years, his annual restaurant revenue multiplied 20-fold. Woo! In the first year of selling the product, the restaurant sales more than tripled, with 55% of the increase coming from the sales of fried chicken. For Harmon, the addition of fried chicken was a way of differentiating his restaurant from competitors. In the widest state in the Union, Utah, a product hailing from Kentucky was unique and evoked imagery of Southern hospitality. After Harmon's success, several other restaurant owners franchised the concept and subsequently paid Sanders four cents per chicken sold. And that is what I have for part two. So that is, uh, as I said, so this happy. man has a mythical existence, which uh, just absolutely flummoxes me. So how many how many parts do you have? Um, I from the stories that I pulled up, there is probably still another like six or seven pages. Wow, ah. easily. So we're returning next week with more. Then, if you're inclined, I, I can uh, I can throw a few lies together and uh, move to part three at least. We we need to fi we need to continue this saga. Always, yeah. So. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I think we can do that. So, okay, any well, other uh, any other stabs at lies? Logan was texting me apologies, by the way. As I'm <laughs> Logan, we love this. you, but now's not the time. <laughs> Interrupting cow. Your apologies, uh, no good here. Is actually what I told him in a text previously. So <laughs> true. I saw the text. Uh -huh. uh, so, anybody else want to uh, you know wager? Courtney's got two riding here, so I he uh, she's three. sitting pretty. What into the mic? Oh. Eat the mic. Sorry. John is gesticulating. I thought I had three lies. You you may have. Do drop in. Shake. Shake Shack. Shake Shack. Yeah, well, Tipping. that's do drop in. Tipping. Those were the two I remember. I thought I had one more. That's fine. Well, there's, there's the things we edited out of the episode. <laughs> no. <laughs> Not quite. Okay. All right, go for it. So we're scrolling down. I was waiting for somebody to pounce on this, and it no. seemed like someone was was right on top of it. But Sanyor, Sanyors, Sanyor, Senior, Sanyor, Senior, Sanyor, he didn't manually adjust the baby's position at all. Uh, he <laughs> I literally just, even Michael. Yes, I was like, like, let me get in there and start fiddling around with whatever's inside. In yeah. my disgusting brain, when you brought up the shotgun, I was like, did he put it 
in and then like twi- like was he motivating was the baby with the shotgun? <laughs> yes, he was just holding it to the the belly. Get out of here, you fucking you little live. bitch! <laughs> if, if the kid were me, it was coming on the way out, so he wanted to stay in. Is that baby masturbating? <laughs> that was the wrong position. That was why he was upset. That's what inspired him to start breading the cock. Uh, <laughs> Anywho, so, uh, yes, but he did help to uh, deliver the baby smoothly, hence why I said that it was not a lie, that uh, he he did deliver it, and the baby's name was Sanders. Harlan Sanders. It's not Sanders, actually. So, uh, he did strictly forbid them to accept tips as opposed to encouraging them to take tips. So, that is a thing. Still can't believe Jim Crow was real. That, just, that, that, was, so that, that was problematic. Pretty upsetting. Yeah, I mean, welcome to the South, friends. Uh, they're very tolerant. Uh, uh. Uh, and then, of course, the uh, do drop in, otherwise known as the Shake Shack for Shane. And now we're f- the fifth and final lie is that uh, the tripled sales did not just reach 55%. Oh, oh no, no. 75% Holy of cow. his increase oh, was... Uh, yeah, I did it, John. You motherfucker. Uh-huh. Good yeah, for I you. can do that from time you to time. motherfucker. There were so many other incredulously bizarre things in the story. Just had to I'm, do a I'm number. like, I just yeah. got to throw something in here that's quick that's to get fair. it over with that's just fair. to you know round out my, my numbers here. But yes, uh, that just baffled me. I was like, I got to reduce this. Otherwise, the 75% sounds like a lie. But yeah. 75% increase from fried chicken sales. Wow. Huh. Jesus Christ. Isn't that fascinating? So, uh, I am uh, continually fascinated by good old Colonel Harlan, uh, Colonel Harlan Sanders. Asshole or not. Right. Mistress or not. Uh, <laughs> I mean, if you want to completely encapsulate like the perfect personification of the American patriarchy, uh, he got his cake and Edith too. Which is really, really wow. disgusting. Oof. Oh, no, there was another lie in there. Yeah, wait, yeah, I was trying to yes, do the I'm math. I'm sorry, I, I skipped had... it because it was so small when I highlighted it. Um, they did not serve apple pie at his restaurant at all. Not American. It's a McDonald's thing, huh? Yep, never once. Yeah. That's. Uh... <sighs> I thought he was American, but then you told me that, and I, I don't know anymore. Yep. I so... just want to know how no one's made this biopic. Uh, I'm being cast in the role next month, apparently. <laughs> I just, we're haggling I, over how much it takes to get me down to my skivvies to hold the shotgun. Like, literally, like, a, a part of me wants to find a good biography of him, hmm. and then the other part of me realizes that after listening to the, like, six-part, 12-hour Jonestown buying the book Raven about Jonestown, like, I'm not gonna read it. Like, I'll, I'll buy it. Hmm. I'm really interested, but I'll never read it. But... <laughs> Oh, so that's another book I'm borrowing from you as well. You want to borrow Raven as well? I I may. We'll see. If you want to feel bad, I have then... to get motivated again. But uh... yeah. All right. Well, uh, that was uh, that was riveting good times, and and thank you for uh, talking me back into it. I technically talked myself back. You into did it, talk but, yourself uh, back into yeah, it, but yeah. we're all the better for it. So uh, it was. Oh, it's it's so a lot bad. of. I'm telling you. These stories are ridiculous, and they just keep getting better. I, I still am trying to wrap my head around the fact that he was there when they were developing the bomb. Yeah, that that's is just nuts. wild. The he's got the strangest Forrest Gump esque yeah. kind oh of existence yeah. exactly. for me that I've ever encountered in you know a grand little slice of Americana. I almost want to see if there was if there if there was any influence, like if he influenced Forrest Gump at all. 
I don't know. It's just something stranger. That would stranger be... things have happened. Yeah, is what I you're mean they, to say? they did model the suit somewhat, so I mean, yeah, we can run with it. It's a possibility. Life is like a box of fried chicken. You never know if you're going to get bite into a bone or. Also, like he didn't come up with the bucket. He didn't come up with the name. Like all of these things that are often attributed to him being a genius is like he just stumbled into the fact that someone stole his idea and then they just decided to shake on it. At the end of the day, he's just a mascot. Basically. Yeah. You know, like he did come up with the chicken recipe. So I mean, credit where it's due. But and the pressure frying thing, like that was one of the things that absolutely fascinated me on the food that uh, built America. Was it's like the fact he came up with this entire process and actually had to reconfigure the pressure cooker to fry chicken in. Now, does does Melissa eat chicken still? Yeah. I, I, okay, she just can't have meat uh, like beef products, like red meat and stuff. I'm gonna go ahead and sign Courtney up for a project because we need to have a fried chicken night done. Because cool, Courtney and Jonah they're, at some point the last out year right and now. a half. Uh, came over and made fried chicken for Becky and I, and it was astounding. Like, just, it was amazing. Some of the best chicken I've ever had in my entire life. Um, So you talking about pressure cooking and seeing her eyes light up, you need to see her redneck way of making fried chicken. (laughs) I don't use a thermometer, and we just go. We just fry yeah, you just get oh. a what? What is it? Um, a trash pail, a trash. You can take pail. your your big old like cast iron pot, and you just and you just fill it up with fucking oil. So my um, oh. both grandparents on both sides of my family ran um, a diner. One ran a diner, and the other one ran a truck stop. And so, like, that's just in my blood. You have just like lizards passed for both, down. Apparently. Like, I, my grandma just comes and she like hangs out on my shoulder, and we just like <laughs> make fried chicken. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like she fucks you. Is the difference? <laughs> Maybe fucked you over. Oh man, I was trying to tell a nice. Story. Yeah, Jesus. <laughs> no, I was just thinking back of another. I I horrified my grandmother at one point, but I don't think my mom would appreciate that story being circulated. So we'll just, I disagree. Uh, I would love to hear that story. Uh, I would love is it to similar tell it, to it's... you finding out whether or not you're allergic to bees. No, but uh... <laughs> I like that one. Yeah, um, it's it's uh, it's too sensitive, I think, for the air. But, all right. Uh, yeah. Well, I can all tell right. you all off air, Perfect. and that'll be one of those like Sounds Patreon great. conversations. So. And hey, Ooh. maybe down the road, if more people from Ontario, 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 Ontario. <laughs> say, uh, hey, here's oh, a man, say, Ontario. Maybe if we got more fans in Ontario that would uh, download our episodes, we'll get a Patreon sometime in the next six years, and then Shane can have a paywall topic to talk why does, about. Why does Ontario have anything to do with this? Uh, because we, we have that one spike. listener. <laughs> yeah. He set the record for number of downloads. Oh, in one I day. apparently didn't read the, the oh. discussion where we said that that was where the individual was from. Yeah. Yes. Yes. So we have a, a, a Canadian friend. We have an ally to the north. I mean, it oh. might, I might actually know who this is, strangely enough. So. I'm not oh, so that explains why he that explains why he wasn't he didn't read it because I was like, does anyone know anyone from Ontario? And no one. <laughs> yeah, you you guys have reached the well. Fine, we'll just keep this on because this is appropriate. Um, the damn the weather. We finally had to relegate and say there was a regulation needed to be put in place for chatter. Because both Logan and I, in particular, stopped paying any attention to the Facebook chat because oh. some folks in the band like to throw in memes <laughs> and random bullshit <laughs> and just scatter thoughts back and forth to one another. Listen, uh, the siblings of the band 
who are becoming more and more like the weirdest brother and sister on the planet. So I, we basically had to say, if you have something important to say, we need to have one place where that goes. So it either needs to be we text when it's important and everyone needs to weigh in, or we send things to the Facebook Messenger, and otherwise, I'm just going to give up. This has somewhat happened with the uh, the you know Damn. discussion we have on Facebook here because Damn. there's so much fucking white noise in the chat box with us that I'm like I I don't pay attention to it anymore. I'm... I will scroll half heartedly, tap a couple things to pretend that I'm paying attention. I am and so then just go sorry. I am so sorry so. that I burdened you with my content. Uh huh. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, I am 97 goddamn years old, and I didn't get this old by paying attention to dumb motherfuckers you just running their mouth. Convince the Zoomer of our podcast to download Facebook Messenger just to ignore the hot fire that she drops. Yes, I did. <laughs> I all too often try to get people set up with things and then just abandon them once they've gotten fully engrossed. Like how we don't know. talk about Margot and the nuclear so-and-sos anymore. And I'm sorry to put words in your mouth here, Courtney, but Jonah didn't answer his phone. Uh, <laughs> I lost the bit. <laughs> I was thinking about Jonah and I got distracted. Uh, so yeah, Facebook but... Messenger, Courtney. Zoomer. No, it's, it's gone now. Okay. Well, I, I also don't have a TikTok. And they, well, and, uh, I do, but I, don't you're, I, I haven't been monitoring the band Instagram as we've talked about. I've just given up on, on, on ever socials. socializing yeah. ever again. I don't have Facebook on my phone anymore. And it's the only reason you. I had Messenger was to pay attention to our conversations. And that's just quickly gone the way of the dodo. So I live a very insular existence. I am a monastic caveman, as uh, Jonah has uh, posited. And in between my times of breaking rocks and flogging my uh, infantile penis, I can just, I can't be bothered to do much of anything else. Uh, and it's, uh, it's a simple life, but, but I, some do live it. Someone's gotta. You know, it's amazing that with even our, our tech difficulties at the beginning because of our, uh, spontaneous in-person recording mm -hmm. we're still at an actual like normal person yep, this is this is our usual episode length it's not me trying to say kill it with fire but it's uh -huh. me trying no, to say i was worried with all of our like catch up and excitement that we were going to go super long but i give myself credit for very little but one thing i do know how to do is occasionally steer a sinking ship and so True. with that I will thank all of you for giving us your attention, that, which I cannot donate freely myself. <laughs> but uh, if you want to give us more attention, I have some ways that you can do so. <gasps> Courtney very carefully curates a wonderful collection of photographic representation of our episodes over mm -hmm. on our Instagram. That Shane may or may not see. I, oh, I look at that. Oh, I mean, he's <laughs> how else than am I, I am. supposed to, you know, see some shapely Rubenesque ladies that I might possibly <laughs> want to entertain we the notion to... of not being around? Shane and I have to influence the algorithm somehow. Indeed, yes. <laughs> Did you see today's post though? You, the picture that you posted? Uh huh. Yeah, yeah, I ring. saw it. It's the one she got from her grandma. Did, did you see the, the second one? Oh no! There's a second picture. Yeah. yeah. So I made a joke. In the messenger chat, which Shane didn't read, uh -huh. and then, and I explained it to Michael earlier because I don't look at Instagram. So when I said I don't need these, I made my own. Go look at our Instagram. Oh yeah, I saw the superimposed picture. Yeah, you just I, I didn't, didn't care. Apparently, that's about right. Photoshopped hardly 
damn near <laughs> killing <laughs> Well, speaking of damn near killing things, we've apparently almost killed this show. So, if you uh, if you want to catch up with us, we are at Disinformed Podcast on Instagram. We're also over on Facebook, so if you want to share something with your uncle, you can find us at <laughs> Facebook.com slash Disinformed Podcast. And if you are an angry uh, Twitter troll, just like John and Courtney, then hey. you can hit us up at Disinformed Pod over there. And also on the glorious tubes of you, on Wednesdays and Fridays, we have a glorious bit of nonsense heading your way at 10 a.m. Mountain Time, where we will give you fan functions all the time. Yes. And occasionally after dark, which probably won't happen today, because it might just be too much work. We'll I see. Can't. No, we'll, we'll, we'll probably do it. I'm I just like, I'm too I, 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 John, I, I know. thought about my... Talking the mic, you silly shit. I thought about... <laughs> I thought long and hard about my music choice, and, and damn it, I'm going to say and it. his top ten uh, guilty pleasures turns out to be the only ten songs that he knows. Damn the Weathers uh, <laughs> entire... Works, yeah. uh, I am know, not embarrassed works. to say that I like your band. I you poor soul. <laughs> <laughs> and you're the only one. <laughs> Someone's got to be the number one groupie. Everyone listens out of guilt or because they're fucking a member, so... Oh, or both. You're not wrong. <laughs> no, Jonah genuinely loves your music. Yeah, I've been Jonah. having sex with him for Yeah, years. he also won't return my calls, so... Well, you can't always have it your way, John. I guess. Yeah, Daddy Burger does King. not like. Yeah, uh, if you're ordering from KFC, they do not keep the Burger King credo, <laughs> I am afraid. I think so. I'm going to keep going through this parking lot a few more times just to see if it's open. <laughs> I love it when a bit comes around, uh, and uh, we are coming around to the end of this episode, friends. Thank you for being here for the official, actual episode 91, and hopefully we can make this as intriguing for 92, when we are all broadcasting from the grave. Hopefully. Fingers crossed. Wait for the bomb to drop. So, for Disinformed this week, our actual on-site, let's all touch each other inappropriately before we get out of here, because it's it's requisite. Woo! Cold hands. I don't think we have all, we have not recorded anything in person I will have to go back and, and check the archives. February of 2020 would have been the farthest back. Yeah, so it has been a hot minute, uh, but uh, it, it's been a lot of and fun. And the first time with Courtney, too, yes. which has been very, very lovely, and I look so, forward to more, hopefully. I'm thrilled, and this was a great time, and I, I thank you all for being here to share this joy with us. So for Disinformed this week, I'm Shane. I'm John. I'm Michael. I'm Courtney. It's the first time the roll call happened in person. Ooh, Gave me the tingles ooh. like Michael Feels talking good. about the bomb. <laughs> uh, I'm tenting. That was an extra crispy reference. Indeed. So, for all of us here, to all of you there, so long and good fry. You son of a bitch, you killed me! <laughs> <laughs>